Hi everyone, welcome to the Royal Podcast of Oz, and I'm going to warn you right now, this is a very long episode, but uh, it's a chat between myself and uh, Oz Club member Miriam Goldman, and she's a young Oz fan who very obsessed with Oz, and she's a lot of fun to talk to, so we're going to jump right into that right now. Okay, Miriam, so how did you become an Oz fan? Um, well, my dad read me the story starting when I was, like, two going on three, almost three. And, um, I, you know, I sort of, I read the, read the books over his shoulder. And so, you know, I I was reading when I was three, you know, because, you know, you have to experience it in every way you possibly can once you're hooked. Um, but yeah, that's, that's how it started. Well, but before that, I, I saw, a, I don't know if you know the 1982 cartoon of the Wizard of Oz. Oh, I know that one. Yeah. My parents bought that at a Toys R Us for my brother. Um, my brother is, uh, is five and a half years older than me. And uh, they, bought, they bought it at a Toys R Us for my brother. And I used to watch that all the time until the opening credits started flashing different colors, you know, because it had been watched and watched and watched. Uh, I watched that before I got to the books, but then we read the first, we, we read Baum's canonical Oz books and uh, Magical Monarch of Mo uh, before I was like 10. You lucky girl. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I was at age, I didn't even know there was any other Elfling Baum books besides the Oz books. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, Dover and Del Rey, sort of my my saviors. <laughs> oh, and um, uh, I also I I grew up with the Hildebrandt Wizard of Oz, and the oh I had the Octopus Publishing Marvelous Land of Oz. That's what I grew up with. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's all Dover and Del Rey. So pretty much, it's been a uh, something you've grown up with, pretty yeah. much. And when I met you at the Winky Convention this year, I noticed you had a copy of the Master Key with you. So I yeah. guess you've gotten into some of Bomb's other books. Yeah. Uh, I got that. I got that from the library. Um, I had bought that. There's that three-volume collection from Borders and Walden Book. There's two volumes with all the Oz stories. Uh, and then there's another volume with some of his other works. And Master Key was in that, and I read something online describing it as a horror story, which it definitely isn't. <laughs> um, but, you know, I really wanted to read it, but the second you crack open those Borders books, it's just the, the typos just nearly ruin the stories. And I just knew I couldn't, you know... I, I could read, I could reread the Oz books in them, but I couldn't read something I hadn't read before. You know, I really had to experience it, and so uh, I found this this edition from the library, and you know, I was lucky enough that it had the Fanny Corey illustrations. Yeah, I was surprised at how fun that story is. It's a lot more like the kind of stories that kids and young adults read now than anything else of his I've, I've read. Um, 
you know, except for the good old fashioned folksy racism. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that's 1901 for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh. yeah. <laughs> I first read the Master Key um, by downloading it as an e-text online. That was like back in 2004. Um, is there anything? I read the Little Wizard stories for the first time as an e-text last year. Um, I don't really like reading um, e-text. Like it's not, it, you know, even if I print it out, you know, it's fun. It's it's not. It's fine if I print it out, but. Reading something off of a computer screen is, is just not the same as reading something off of paper for me. Oh, I completely agree. <laughs> yeah, that's the reason why I have so many Oz books on my shelf over here. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, there's nothing like curling up with a good book. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, um, have you gotten around to reading any of uh, Thompson's books? Um... We made a mistake in that we had just finished Glinda of Oz, and I was a little disappointed that it wasn't funny, but I really enjoyed the adventure. And uh, and we were looking for, you know, we knew that there were the there was this lady named Ruth Plumley Thompson who had written, you know, uh, several more Oz books, more than more than more even than Bond had written. And what we could find, and we didn't know any better, what we could find was also playing with the Wizard of Oz. And I could not get through it. I was so bored. And, and after that, uh, I found a copy of The Wonder City of Oz, by, of course, by Neil. And... <laughs> Uh, and I fell in love with it. So, <laughs> you know, there's no rhyme or reason, I guess, to what people like. But um, uh, after that, uh, yeah, I guess I haven't ever finished anything by her. I've bought a copy of the Royal Book of Oz, and I, I'm sure I'll find some opportunity to sit down and enjoy it. Um, but other than that... No, I really, I really haven't yet. Okay, now, being an Oz fan in the 21st century, <laughs> would you say that we have quite a bit of, would you say that uh, the resources that are available on the internet now, do you think that kind of gives us a bit of a heads up than how it was probably back in the day? <laughs> I think so, because, you know, there were several years, I never, I never had that, that awful midpoint where you say, oh, I'm too old for the Oz books, you know, I'm not going to do this anymore. But I did have some times where I sort of got sick of actually reading them. But so then I, I lost some of the mythos. And that's when I found Eric Jovog's superlative FAQ, or FAQ as he likes to call it. And, um, and as I thought it was called for like 10 years. But, <laughs> but I was like obsessed with it. And I think I found it I'm not sure when he launched it, but in 2000 or 2001, and I just read it every day, and I, you know, there's like 35 sections or something, I mean, it's crazy, and I read that whole thing. Oh. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that, too. Oh. Eric, if you're listening, yes, you just got some love. <laughs> it was just the greatest thing in the world, because it was like this condensed osmology uh, with without losing any of the humor. You know, it's not the Silmarillion where you're just reading it and it goes on and on and on and on. I cannot finish that book by Tolkien. <laughs> I cannot finish that book. I, I, I didn't either. Now, I'm sure it doesn't help that I never finished The Hobbit and I never started The Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have started. Well, it's the same thing as starting with, with also planning with The Wizard of Oz, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thompson is definitely... Uh, I've heard people say it's better if you get into her when you're young. Problem is, when you're young, it's like, good luck trying to find them. Yeah. Uh. Um, to go back to your initial question, uh, another great thing about being in the 21st century is that, you know, I was born in 1991, and you basically had what VHS tapes were in your house or at the local blockbuster and so when i was a kid um i saw obviously I, you know i saw that little one from the from 1982 which i i, I love it i still love it mm-hmm. um and there was a blockbuster near my house that had dorothy in the land of oz slash thanksgiving and oz slash christmas and oz that was the first oz cartoon i ever saw <laughs> so cute I wish it wasn't you know I I thought it was longer because you know when you're a kid everything seems so much more significant but um, uh, I was I was actually really pleasantly surprised coming back to that but now everything's on DVD and you have Blockbuster and Netflix and so on and so forth you know and I didn't see the Judy Garland Wizard of Oz till someone gave it to my brother as a birthday gift when I was seven years old and I didn't know there was such a thing because I had seen, I saw Meet Me in St. Louis when I was five and I was like, I love Judy Garland. And then I was like, oh my gosh, there's a Wizard of Oz movie with Judy Garland. And then I saw it and I didn't like it the first time. And then later I started to like it and then now I don't like it anymore. So I can never say I like it or I don't like it because I will contradict myself at some point. I will start to like it and then start to dislike it. <laughs> Uh, yes, I think some Oz fans have a love-hate relationship with that one. <laughs> it's a good Oz movie, but on the other hand, it's not your favorite Oz for some uh, people. I think I think it's, it's better Oz than it is a movie. There's so many weird holes in it where they tried to patch it up with something that works better, and you're just scratching your head. Mean <laughs> it? <laughs> Why don't you just, you know, find some someone has to have a car or something, send her back home, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, that movie Return to Oz, have you seen that one? Yeah, I have. Maybe this darkened my view of it, but the first time I quote-unquote watched it, I got it out of the library. Um, I think I had just gotten back from my mom took me out of school for the for like half a day and took me for the weekend to the centennial celebration at the Library of Congress in Washington. Wow. And 
and they had a, a little montage of, you know, they said every Oz movie ever made. I don't think it was even close, but um, that was one of them. So when we came back, I really wanted to see it. And I found a VHS, and Dorothy's getting shock therapy, and there's this creepy little ghost girl running around, and all of a sudden the tape, you know, sort of glitches up, you know, there's snow on the screen, and it breaks my VCR. <laughs> and that was all I saw for another five years. Wonderful. <laughs> um, but then I finally saw it, and it's really good for about an hour. And the, the, the shock therapy thing, you know, everyone, everyone sort of is uncomfortable with it, even people who just adore it. Uh, not adore that, adore the movie. But it doesn't it doesn't bother me that much. It's 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 the gnome king and the blatantly stolen from so many horror movies ending. You know, it's just you don't want your villain in a kids movie to look like the beast from the end of Poltergeist. <laughs> <laughs> um and it was just too um not that it was too dark either, because I really enjoyed uh, Tin Man, and I really enjoyed The Wiz, which are both, I think, darker than it. It's that it was too, uh, it was too angry. Uh, it, it, I felt like it wanted you to be as upset as it was. And obviously, I didn't like the movie saying, oh yeah, Dorothy and Osmar are totally the same person. Oh, uh, great, you know, just like Thomas Jefferson and John Adams are totally the same person. They're just flip sides of each other. You have to look at them and see. They're totally the same. No. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, I don't know why the Oz characters are now the founding fathers. But, uh, at the same time, I just adore the way it looks. I just, I just, oh, I just love the the costumes, the animatronics. I guess the puppets, um, like that's just so fun to look at, and it's it's probably the best aesthetic non-cartoon Oz movie I've ever seen. But as a movie, you know, if I didn't love Oz, I I would hate it as a movie. And since I love Oz, I only sort of dislike it as a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and on the topic of movies and such, there's now YouTube these days where people have put up Oz stuff. Guilty. <laughs> yeah. Oz. <laughs> yeah. Um, I loved that Tin Woodman uh, that they made that was um, the Tin Woodman of Oz with, uh, what are they called? Com computer animation CGI. Yeah. It by Hash Studios. Yeah, that's the one. I I it's the only one I've ever seen. The only uh, adaptation of any Oz story where the characters talk like how Bomb writes dialogue, <laughs> and I love that. Um, you know, because I I guess it I guess it's a it's a cadence of of the turn of the century, I guess, because you sort of see it around in, in other places you know but it's sort of that we should go to this place and do this thing for if we do not we are liable to fall into this situation 
And they all talk like that. <laughs> <laughs> and so, for some reason, we love it. I know. <laughs> um, what else is good? Well, I just fell in love with uh, the Rainbow Road to Oz. Yeah. I watched, you know, the the three parts of it over and over and over and over and over and over. I just. I just loved it. I loved the songs, uh, you know, and, and I loved the Mouseketeers. I always did, but somehow I missed that episode. Um, yeah. And what else? Um, the Shirley Temple uh, Land of Oz is uh, one of few that works for me on all levels because it's actually it's cute. It's a good TV special. It works as a fairy tale. It works as a movie. It has good stars. Uh, but it's also really Oz as I think of it in most ways. You know, I mean, not that I usually think of Oz as being during the land of Oz, but um, it's very Ozzy, and I love that. Mm -hmm. um, let me see, what else? You know, I'll see anything that purports to have an Oz co connection. Um, and like, you know, people tell me, Oh, you know, in this movie, someone sings a snippet of Follow the Yellow Brick Road. Well, I'll go and find that movie and watch it, you know. Um, I've seen some really bad movies because some guy thinking he's funny says, Fire working on the forest! <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I've seen the three slash four... Oz Production Company movies, and um, I had never watched any of the Oz Kids videos. I have one of them, but I haven't watched it yet. Well, obviously, there's that weird little cartoon from the 30s, but not very good. <laughs> um, I noticed that Winky this one came up a lot, and I thought, is this kind of a closed topic by now? But it was wicked. Oh, um, hated the book. Loved the, well, I don't know if I loved, really enjoyed the musical. Mm -hmm. uh, I saw it, I've seen it twice. I saw it, I saw it once in um, July of 2005, and that was with the first, the first replacement cast. Uh, Shoshana Bean was Alphaba. Um, and then and I saw it, I guess, last summer with Nicole Parker, and I really just saw it because of Nicole Parker. Because she's just so funny. Mm -hmm. um, and then that same trip, I saw uh, The Wiz at Lincoln, uh, not Lincoln Center. It was at, uh, I don't remember. I saw The Wiz. <laughs> it was, it was, no, it wasn't Lincoln Center. It was, it, it, will, it will come to me. Anyway, I saw it, you know, with, with Ashanti. And that was really good. Uh, that was really funny. Uh, but but Wicked, let's see. Um, the book was almost a plausible, was almost plausible for what it wanted to be. It was almost a plausible true story behind the propaganda, but there were a few too many inconsistencies that didn't make it work. Um, but, you know, and, and also sometimes the book was like, Hey, let's do this for shock value. I'm sure everybody will love that. Uh, I don't know why the book why the book talks in this voice. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
you know, the musical was, you know, it, it was it was processed cheese, you know, it was American cheese, you know, maybe you wanted cheddar, but American cheese is just as good, you know, I mean, if you melt it or something, it'll taste just the same. So, but, you know, it was fun, you know, and the, the music was passable, and I would see it again, you know, but um, I don't have that strong feelings about it either way. I guess they're positive. Alright, <laughs> <laughs> uh, those are pretty much my same opinions as well, although I haven't gotten to see the musical live. It's an experience, you know, the costumes are really cool, and, um, you know, there's a guest appearance by a certain royal steed, uh, for some reason, a royal steed who was, at that point, a tree, <laughs> probably. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, let's see, oh, and, <laughs> well, I, I think I figured out what I was trying to think of, I, I also have the... The Wizard of Oz for Super Nintendo. Oh. Yeah. I cannot get past level two. Or level two, yeah. Level two? Yeah, with the desert. Really hard game. Yes, uh, it is. Uh, hey, I wrote, hey, I wrote the FAQ on game FAQs if you ever need some help. <laughs> okay, well, that, that'll help me. Okay. And then I also had... A game called Reading Adventures in Oz. Never seen that one. <laughs> that is a cool game. It was like on six floppy disks. And I, I know where the first two are, I think. And um, it, was, it was a simple game, you know. But it had three different levels of vocabulary. And, you know, it was one of those, you know, three to six ages three to six games, you know. I think it was before the ESRB, though, so I don't think it was rated early childhood or anything, but it would be now. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, uh, there were three levels of different vocabularies, and it was, you could play, I think, I think you played as the, you know, as the main four characters from the first book. And you were ostensibly going to the Emerald City, I think, to see the wizard, but you stopped by Button Bright with a fox head and a giant spider and polychrome and, um, let's see if I can remember some of them, uh, Shaggy Man, uh, there was an underwater level, and I don't remember who was in the underwater level, hmm. but, um... Uh, oh, and uh, one one thing I remember very clearly is that um, Ozma was in it, and she had, you know, the 1963-1964 Judy Garland hairdo, <laughs> which you know, which now cracks me up. You know, the little the little swoop, the pompadour, mm-hmm. and it was a really fun game. You know, there were fun sound effects. I think there was something with with King... What's his name? King Dox, the fox guy. <laughs> and, uh... You know, it was... It, <laughs> um... I wish I could remember more of the people in it. I know Johnny Dewitt was in it. Maybe this... that's... You know, I, what? Where the heck is this game? I want it. <laughs> it so cool. 
I don't know if you remember Com- CompUSA, you know, sort of a precursor to, well, GameStop and, and like that, but it was a computer store. And I got the best educational games there. Oh, speaking of educational games, what I was thinking when I said that was Knowledge Adventure, you know, which was in everyone's classrooms when they were kids. But they had one game that nobody I know had. Like, everyone had the dinosaur adventure, the the human body adventure, uh, the ocean adventure, but they had another one that was aviation adventure. And it was by far their worst game. It was really stupid. You had to, like, click on things, and it would be like, oh, this kind of plane. Let's give you an entire history of when this plane was invented and what it was used for and when it was retired. And there wasn't really a game. But there was a little um, paper airplane, you know, you know, sort of a sloppily made paper airplane like a kid would make, and you would click on it, and it would take you to a game where you, you know, control using up, left, right, down, you know, you control this paper airplane, there are various traps, you know, it's sort of a platformer with a paper airplane. And you got to level five or six, and you got, and there was a black room, and but all you could see was a little light switch about two-thirds of the way to the left of the screen. And you had to go to that light switch and hit it, and the light would turn on. And the name of the level was Who's Looking at You? And you'd hit the light switch, and all of a sudden you'd be in a, a normal level. You know, the, the game took place inside a house. And you'd be in a normal level with bookshelves and everything, and in the middle was a big picture of Princess Ozma, a big computer-animated rendering of of a of a Neil drawing of the face of Princess Ozma in a frame in the middle of the room, and every level after that had her face in a frame, and then when you got to the end of the game, when you finished all the levels, and it was really hard because there were all these different traps and things, when you finished all the levels and you got to the end, you got out of the house, and then the house was was taken up into the air by a tornado, and then you got this, the list of scores, and the list of scores was like Dorothy, the Hungry Tiger, and Ozma, like all repeated throughout a list of top ten scores. Wow. <laughs> it was just totally random. I had no idea. And, you know, this was a game I had when I was a little kid. You know, the um, I tried to run the disc again. You know, I, I'm sure I would need, like, a Windows 3.1 emulator to run it because it's very, very old. <laughs> But it is a it is a, a CD-ROM. But, you know, it was just so random. And I used to play that over and over again, trying to get to level six, you know. And, uh, yeah, that was that was cool. <laughs> I think you can see why you like my Oz games now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I never had a text-based game. Only now do I have text-based games. <laughs> Those are yours. Those are of your making. <laughs> I did have a text-based game of Alice in Wonderland, which I could never finish, because the ending of it, I'd always be, you're on the second floor of a barn. Do you want to go north, south, east, west? North, you can't go that way. West, you can't go that way. South, you walk out of a second-story window and crack your head open. Game over. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I played that. I played that. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) I've gotten as far as finding your cat, and then I don't know what the heck to do. (laughs) Oh, wow. 
oh, the life and times of players of Windows 3.0, 3.1 video games. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 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 oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> the best, the, you know, it's, it's, it, it's such a fun little gift when you stumble across something Aussie that you didn't know was going to be there. Like, you know, one year I was, you know, there's Galveston, Texas is about an hour away from Houston. It's like, you know, a sleepy little town with a nice beach and good shopping, you know, but it's, it's not, it's touristy, but it's all within Texas. And, you know, I was, I was in the condo and I was flipping channels. I was like, oh, Cartoon Network, you know, oh, cool, a cartoon. Ooh, fairies, this is going to be fun. Based on the book by L. Frank Baum, what? So that was my adventure to the li- that was my introduction to the life and adventures of Santa Claus because I just didn't know about it. Oh, was that the two thousand version? Yes. Ah. Uh... So good, so good. I I hate the nineteen eighty five version. I really was so disappointed, especially because I was like, ooh, Alfred Drake, you know, uh, original Curly in Oklahoma and the original. Um, whatever that guy's name is, in Kiss Me Kate. Uh, but uh, it was not entertaining. <laughs> I, was, I was really disappointed, especially because I roped my whole family into watching it with me, and it's boring, and it drags on and on and on. And we didn't give up. We finished it, but I don't think... I don't think I'll be picking the movie anytime soon. Uh. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, so then I, you know, I got the book out of the library. And actually, it turned out the, the foreword to that copy of the book had been written by a, a former uh, neighbor of ours, Max Apple, who's a writer. And, uh, and so that was, really, that was really cool, a weird little connection there. Oh, wow, I had that copy. I gave it away to somebody, though. <laughs> I've only given away a few Oz books. Um, well, I've never, I haven't had a copy of the Sea Fairies since I was, I guess, about ten or eleven, because I had this friend who I was trying to convince to read the Oz books, and I said, "Oh, the Sea Fairies! I just read that. That's fun!" And I gave it to her, you know, as a birthday present. Oh wait, it must have been earlier than that. I think I was in second grade, so earlier than that. But. Uh... <laughs> But, so, so yeah, so I'm going to be in trouble at Winkies, you know, because I haven't read it since I gave my book away in, in, in second grade. Quick, hurry, hurry, I'm pretty sure you can find a cheap Dover edition. <laughs> well, there was the cheap Dover edition. <laughs> we'll get another one. <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, I got I to gotta work for that, that trivia challenge, you know. <laughs> okay, and speaking of Winkies, when was the first time you went? A uh, year before last, so I've gone two times. Okay, and second like... time was my first time. <laughs> That's cool. Well, like, I really wanted to go because The Road to Oz has not been for very long my favorite Oz book, but it is now. Well, when I was a kid, probably from, like, when I read it, you know, when I was, like, four, until... Oh gosh, March of last year, if you know, if if that 
if that long ago, uh, Ozma of Oz was my favorite Oz book. Um, then actually, you know, uh, I, I have a, I have a friend who, who asked me what I, you know, who basically asked me what I wanted for my bat mitzvah. And I was like, oh yeah, well, first edition Oz book, like not thinking they would because, you know, anyway. And, uh, my 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 bat mitzvah gift ended up being they were like oh I couldn't find the first one for cheap enough but but here's this and it turned out to be a first edition first state uh, copy of Ozma of Oz. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that was like the best gift ever. But um, uh, uh, Road to Oz has been my my favorite book recently. And, you know, I hear Winkies is, is the centennial of the Road to Oz, and I knew I had to go. And so I, I did all this multi-leveled, various types of begging to get my parents to let me go. And, and eventually I went with my dad, um, you know, and, it, it, you know, it surpassed all expectations, you know, it, it uh, for me, it's almost as good as as being there, you know, being in Oz, you know, being with all these people, you know, and Lee, you know, Lee Speth comes up to me and he's like, are, are you intimidated being around all these people uh, who are this crazy about Oz? And I said, are you kidding? I have a hermit crab named Quaylala. <laughs> Our dear friend Quaylala has since passed on, uh, but <laughs> uh, needless to say, it was quite the opposite. <laughs> uh, you just fit right in. Are <laughs> uh, you planning on going back next year? Oh uh, yeah, I just I don't know if I can get those forms in by the first. Um, is it the first of December or the first of the year? Well, it needs to be in by the first of the year. You know, they have the thing going where if you get in by the first of December, they'll give you a hardcover edition of the program book. Oh, okay. Okay, I'll start begging now then. All right. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I still got to finish saving up. Yeah, it just had to happen right at Christmas season. <laughs> but, well, there you go. There's a Christmas present for you. <laughs> I always think of what you said on your review. It was you, right? Your review of, of Riz Zoad. When I, uh, when you said there, so there is money in Oz, but there's not very much of it, and you have to kill a lot of things to get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, I, I always think that it's so funny. Um, but I haven't played it yet, but I have listened to the Riz Zoad music over and over again. The soundtrack is amazing. Oh yeah. Um, sounds kind of wacky, but I I, I want to play it. <laughs> Well, it's actually a lot of fun once you get into it. Mm-hmm. So, sort of, sort of Dragon Hunter-ish. I'm not sure. I never played Dragon Hunter. Dragon Dragon Quest. Sorry, the, you know, whatever JRPGs. <laughs> um. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, let's see. My my brother is is really as big an Oz fan as I am, you know, he, you know, by virtue of his being born 
you know, five and a half years ahead of me, he got into Oz a lot sooner than I did. Um, so, you know, that's all, you know, my dad got into it because he, he read me the books. See, my, my dad grew up in the, you know, in the 50s and 60s in this small town, and the library didn't have the Oz books, because I, I guess that was really the time when librarians were really down on them. Like, but um, he had, you know, those Archer Golden books. He had and has, you know, I've read them because he gave them to me, the, the Road to Oz and Tin Woodman of Oz. And, um, but, you know, it's... It that was sort of a time when it was hard to get your hands on an, on an Oz book. But, um, let's see, but, but my brother, you know, he, uh, most of those Oz books were, were his, the ones that I read. And, uh, uh, he, you know, he got me to read Number of the Beast, um, which was a trip. <laughs> And, um, yeah, he's basically support, supported me in my habit. <laughs> what a wonderful habit. I know, right? <laughs> um, you know, but sometimes I do, you know, stupid things for the sake of having, having every Oz thing I crave, you know, that, like a friend of mine, I was doing a play last year, you know, because I was a senior in high school last year, and I was doing the school play, and this girl comes up to me, and she's like, I thought you should see this. This is my grandmother's copy of The Wizard of Oz when she was a little girl. Uh, you can borrow it, but nobody else can. Like, don't let anybody else touch it. So I borrowed it for a day, you know, and I poured over the illustrations. Would that be the Evelyn Copelman one? No, it's Rita Fava. Huh, never heard that one. And it's a little green paperback. It's a it's 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 double. It has The Wizard of Oz and The Land of Oz, and it's called Looking Glass Library. Oh. And I eventually found it on Amazon. Oh. And um I've I've enjoyed this this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting illustrations, mostly movie inspired, but with a flair of their own. And, hmm. uh, let's see. Um, I, I don't have, I, I don't think I've ever seen all the, all the Evelyn Copelman, uh, illustrations of The Wizard of Oz, but I do, I just recently, a couple months ago, bought, uh, bought a copy of her illustrations of The Magical Monarch of Mo. Everyone's getting that but me! <laughs> it's so funny um and you know i'd seen a little bit of her wizard of oz illustrations and i was like "Eh, i guess they're 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 pretty but they're not you know and the the mo illustrations are beautiful they're so well imagined and um i guess i can't call them aussie they're very (laughs) moey and um uh, I really, I really, really enjoyed having that book and, and, and looking at it sometimes, you know, um, because we, we, you know, we all know what the text is. We all know how wonderful it is and we all know 
that no abridger or adapter is going to improve on it. Yeah. But um, it's so interesting to see, for me at least, to see illustrations for the first book because I'm such a Neil groupie. I'm so, you know, I just feel like, like Neil is as much of a genius as Baum. And so, you know, it's always sort of pained me that there are no Neil illustrations for The Wizard of Oz. Not that there really need to be, but it would sort of complete the idea for me. So I've, I've sort of been on a perpetual hunt for, for really wonderful Wizard of Oz illustrations. And I think so far the best I've seen are Dale Ulrey's, um, which copy I got uh, at a Half Price Books by my house. Um, you know, total surprise to me. I'd never seen them before, and I just poured over those pictures because they're drawn just like how how Neil drew, and it's really it, it's really like a Neil illustration of the Wizard of Oz, and I just love it. I don't know if you've seen that one, but it is it's it's lovely. Uh-huh. Okay. I don't remember what your original question was. I'm just talking about illustrations. <laughs> Well, um, it's getting kind of late here, but there's one more thing I want to ask you about, okay. and that is, you know, I've heard there's a saying among Oz fans, you strike an Oz fan, you get an Oz book. <laughs> and recently here, I've, you're laughing, <laughs> recently here, I start, I've been working on my own Oz story here. In fact, I got open a notepad here. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, have you actually kind of put your own Oz stories at all? Um, well, my my hobby, my sort of, it's been my hobby for a while, uh, is, is screenwriting. I just, I just love the way, I love the way they're told. It's hard to write because you can't say very much. You have to imply everything. Um, but it's very sparsely written. But me and my dad collaborated to write a screenplay called The Ruins of Oz that's done very well in, in film festival competitions. Um, and, uh, I mean, it's, it's won over, <laughs> over a dozen awards to toot my own horn, but uh, uh, it's, um, you know, because people can't die in Oz, and Baum tells us that later, but we don't, you know, he, I guess he didn't know that in the first book, and so he, he has to have made a mistake. So what happened to the Wicked Witches? They, they can't have died. You know, he sort of implies that they dematerialized, but couldn't they rematerialize? They're very powerful magic users. So the premise of the story is that they have, you know, the, the Wicked Witch of the West has built herself up, you know, over the course of a hundred years of wickedness and evil growing in the earth. And she's obtained uh, radioactive materials and has practically decimated Oz. And so when these mysterious ruins appear in a Kansas cornfield, a young archaeology professor who, uh, who idolizes Indiana Jones uh, is called in to help. And he ends up sort of getting stuck in, you know, stuck in this conflict and and falling in love with Linda the Good and joining her partisan, you know, band of partisans who is trying to save Oz as well as the real world. But there's a, you know, there's a, there's a, 
there's a there's a um, there's a catch in that uh, if they succeed, then you know sort of the dimensions will will re-separate, and Oz will be separate and invisible again, and so the lovers could never be together. Um, this is sounding interesting. <laughs> it, it's very much the you know sort of the the lost. Uh, I don't know, insert your favorite sci-fi series here, Oz episode. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Okay. I, I could I could do this all day. <laughs> well, wow, we've already been going about 50 minutes here. That does not feel like that at all. It's, yeah. Well, you get two Oz fans just dying together, and it just doesn't feel like that. Yeah. Oh, uh, I used to instant message someone, and we stayed up till like 4 a.m. one day, one night. I was like, whoa! <laughs> There's the sun! Need to get to bed! I have work! <laughs> um, yeah, well, I guess, well, the only other thing uh, I have to say is that I've, I've sort of been trying to learn the, you know, the words of the, you know, the, the name, the Wizard of Oz, and in several different languages, but it's sort of been leaking out of my head. But I was up to 15 before I started forgetting them. <laughs> mm. And I'm, I'm reading uh, The Marvelous Land of Oz in Hebrew uh, right now. Eretzut um, Samufla. And uh, that's a trip. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well... <laughs> Well, well, Miriam, it's been a lot of fun to talk to you here. Oh my gosh, it's been completely my pleasure. We must do this again sometime. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I'll... Well, you want? Let's just say we're going to do that, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'm like, hey, Miriam, want to chat up? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, everyone, <laughs> this has been Jared Davis... And Miriam Esther Goldman. <laughs> All right. And we'll see you in the next podcast. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> All right.